everyone. Welcome back to So Emo I Fell Apart, a podcast dedicated to all things emo and pop punk from the naughty yachties. And today, I'm one of your hosts, Rhea. I am your other host, Chloe. And what are we getting into today, Chloe? Uh, today, we are uh, doing a little bit of catch up and covering uh, so much for Tour Dust, the tour that Fallout Boy just wrapped up a little over a month ago. Mm-hmm. And that we attended uh, two dates on in three dates on i i oh, didn't know i did three you did three i did, I did three two. uh you did two we went to their last date of this american tour in new jersey i, I was like oh by osmosis yeah by proxy. <laughs> i also went to the toronto show you were there in spirit <laughs> i was yeah so we're gonna be talking a little bit about so much for tour dust and how that went and all of the crazy shit that happened on that tour because it was buck it was wild, wild. However, before we get into So Much for Tour Dust, if you want to hear more about So Much for Tour Dust and other stuff that we want to cover for all things emo and pop punk, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast or choice. Leave a review because it helps boost our, us in the algorithm. It makes us look good to other people. And give us a follow over on Instagram and Twitter at So Emo Pod on both of those things. That would be spectacular. So, Besides so much for Tortoise and like all the Buckwild shit that went on there. Um, we're also going to do some like quick pop punk news stuff that's happened in the past couple weeks. At least the stuff that we can remember and that we paid attention to. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't cover everything. We only cover the things that are of interest to us and our selfish needs. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's our secret. Our secret is if it's not about old Fuboy Ramen bands, My Chemical Romance, or like Taking Back Sunday, we don't really care. Or mm-hmm. Thursday. Like, we don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> we do, but we also don't. Yeah. But we do. It depends. There's nuance. Yeah. We contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what has happened? Well, the biggest one, at least to us a lot, is the Academy is comeback incoming. It feels like they've been potentially. Yeah. Potentially so for like a basically since when we were young back in o- last October. Is that what it was? October? I think it was. I think it was. They did Riot Fest about a year ago. And then. Oh, okay. I mean, I think about Riot Fest. I mean, I think about when we were young this year is going to be in October. Yeah. But they did Riot Fest in Chicago and they were joined by Gabe Supporta to perform Snakes on a Plane. <gasps> uh, nuts. <gasps> should have been me. I should have been there. Uh, like, fuck you if you were there. But also, yeah. my friends who are in the crowd, I'm happy for you. But anyone else, dead to Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that happened last year. Um, they did When We Were Young Fest. Um, and then they did join Fall Out Boy for some of this tour. They made a post on Instagram yesterday saying today marks one year since the academy is took the stage at riot fest in chicago performing together for the first time in nearly a decade riot fest and the late night show at concord music hall along with the united kingdom and fallout boy shows have been some of the best in the history of our band we're not done yet we've still got our big trip to the desert in october for when we were young fest which will be full of surprises and lots of special treats for the academy is faithful it doesn't stop there. The Academy is will keep rolling into 2024 and beyond. While we aren't prepared to share specific details just yet, we want you to be the first to know. Stay tuned. So I think it's either going to be just a general reunion tour mm-hmm. or they're actually going to be coming out with a new album and then touring with that album. Yeah. And if it's a new album, I'm going to like freak out. That'll be nuts. Because Especially because Siski's in another band now. Yeah. like In addition to the Academy is. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's called Football, football Head. Football something? Yeah. Football, football Head. Football Head. There we go. Yeah. 
Like K. Yeah. Arnold. Well, I mean, because he's in another band. Cardin is, like, helping, or not helping, tag like, music. he runs Tag Music with Gabe. So, like, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to balance all of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I do want them to tour again so bad. Like, yeah, so I bad. Seen, I haven't seen them since they did the Almost Here anniversary tour which i think then was a 10-year anniversary tour yeah and that was back in 2015 <laughs> i went to those two shows i went no there wasn't two shows there was one night thing about when i went to go see the used yeah same venue same year i it's so wild to me that that album came out that long ago i missed a midterm for that show and you should have that was the right thing to do <laughs> i was able to take the test a day early mm-hmm so, and I promised my professor that I was friends with no one in the class and wouldn't show the answers. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't give a shit about these people. I'm, I want to go see the academy. Literally. And she didn't care. That's because I was the darling of the art history department, but. Exactly. I got away with a lot. <laughs> I love that. I love everything that about that story. that was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> and like, those shows were great. One, because it was at Starland. Yes. Starland Ballroom was the best venue. Hands down. I want you to go to a Starland show so fucking badly. I want to go to a Starland show. That place is it, legendary. It's legendary. It's so good. It's actually clean now after they renovated after Hurricane Sandy. <laughs> um, so that's great. It doesn't look like a 70s basement anymore because <laughs> they got rid of the wood paneling. Aw. <laughs> I know. Like, in the bar area was so weird. There was, like, windows, like, cut out in the stuff of, like, the wood paneling for you to, like, lean out and see that you're sort of, you were kind of segregated from the rest of the thing. In a really weird way. Anyway, my new favorite thing is going to those shows and actually hanging out by the bar because they card for the bar area. Mm-hmm. And you could not get into those if you had X's on your hands. Yeah. When you were a kid. Yeah. Which I always did. Yep. A lot of times I've gone into shows like post turning 21 and still got the X's on my hands because I didn't want to deal with taking on my ID. And I'm like, I'm not fucking drinking tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the only downside of that is that you can't hang out by the bar. If you get tired. Yeah, or if your friends are going to hang out by the bar. Yeah, which is actually one of what I ended up doing for that Academy is show. Because I was flooring it, driving from college <laughs> to Sayreville. <laughs> which is at least like an hour and a half drive. But those were really fun because they did almost here from front to back. And then they played, like, I think like half of Santi. And oh a couple off of... Um, Fast Times at Barrington High. Jesus. And they just kept going. Like, we thought they were going to end with just, like, there's the album. Yeah. We're done. And then they were like, no. They just kept going. And that was also the tour where someone gave William a friendship bracelet that said Gabillium on it. And he posted a photo on Instagram with the Gabillion bracelet, like in the photo. I do remember that. And my uh, best friend at the time pointed out to him because she had gotten the meet and greet for it. And I didn't. And he got like really weird about it. And like, dude, you're the one posting the Gabillion bracelet (laughs) online. You can't suddenly be mad that someone pointed it out to you and say that, Oh, someone just put it on me. It's kind of girl. It's kind of funny. It's very like, uh, I don't know, my gabillion bracelet is, like, inviting a lot of questions that are already answered by my gabillion bracelet. <laughs> like... And all she said was, I like your bracelet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude. 
you guys lean into Gabillium so hard for the marketing aspect of it. Don't get mad when someone like talks it's to you about so it. It's so funny that he'd be like, don't look at my bracelet. Anyway, here's like the poster for our show at Riot Fest. It's literally just a photo of me and Gabe Supporter making out. Like, be serious. Nut up or shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that man so much. He is maddening. He is. But so milfy. He, yeah. Like, God. I was re-looking at photos of them from Riot Fest the other day. I did not realize that he is, like, all silver now. Oh, yeah. Like, like all silver. Very, very gray hair. Stunning. And Can't look directly at him. him. Yeah. To keep it. Yeah. He looks great. It's giving, um, like, Hell's Moving Castle a little bit. Yes. Fully agree. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> no. That's... Here's the thing, though, is that, like, William Beckett is the howl of bandom mm-hmm. like 100. that's that's him like you'd think that it's pete because pete does have a tattoo of howl and sophie it's not pete no it's william it is. it's it's a little bit like, pete pete is a little bit howl i can see pete having that level of meltdown over like his hair not being how he wants it exactly exactly what i was gonna say yeah like both of them feel like a meltdown would be imminent yeah one. i also will say like if one of the things that uh, TAI has in store for us is not the return of TAI TV. I want nothing to oh do with it. Oh my god, you have to bring it back. TAI TV was god, what did, they called it a podcast back then. Or and something like, like that. I or like sub- a vlog. I subscribed because I subscribed to it by Apple Podcasts or I, yes, by iTunes so Podcasts I. Oh, like they, in cause, the fucking desktop iTunes program. Yes, because I think back then Apple did have a video podcast feature Mm -hmm. and you could do video podcasts through Apple, which of course now they don't because everyone just uploads their video, uh, their video version of their podcast to YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, I remember subscribing. Holy shit. Like you unlocked that memory for me. I completely forgot that they did that. I would watch. Yeah, I did that too. In iTunes. I would also use uh, iTunes also had a radio function, which is how I would listen to Mm -hmm. K-Rock. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 So TII TV. Was their uh, the return of the pause button? Yeah, was their podcast and like it was just like them fucking goofing off and like posting videos and like skits and shit like that. Pete Wentz like guested on a couple of them, like famously. Starship was always in that. Yeah, the the one where Pete is like breaking into their dressing room to like (laughs) scream the academy was the academy was (laughs) (laughs) um this is where we got william holding up the banner that says william your hips don't lie yep fucking like truly iconic shit like the the porsche like the clip of william uh singing in the shower and going Sorry, folks, this ain't Skinamax while he's clearly shirtless. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) The way he says it is so fucking stupid, too. Sorry, folks. This ain't Skinamax. Skinamax. Oh, it's it's so bad. And then also the famously when they were on Warp Tour following the release of Fast Times at Barrington High, it was they created this whole lore about Siski getting kidnapped. And (laughs) yeah. getting kidnapped and them all like fighting in the parking lot and my, and my favorite is like whenever i listen to say anything <laughs> in my head it's just carding going oh shit it's a say anything twin <laughs> like i still think that and then they had like we the kings involved in that one. Oh, and then like before we knew shit about all the time low yeah um <laughs> <laughs> they're riding on bikes and Jack just going, yeah, I'm on his pegs, so what? Yes! Oh, <laughs> my God! 
I constantly quote that, and I'm like, no one knows what the fuck I'm talking no, about. No, but uh, yeah, his pegs. And then they also somehow got a uh, Oreska band also to be in God the, icons. One of the episodes, yeah. And I'm like, that must have been either very confusing for them or very fun. Yeah, I hope it aired on the side of very fun. I hope so too. I wonder oh, in the episode how that even works. <laughs> Yeah, on Warp Tour when they're like, it's just so hot. And I'm like, well, William, maybe if you weren't wearing skinny jeans, you wouldn't be so fucking sweaty. But like when Andrew McMahon comes down as like a divine, as like a vision from uh-huh. heavens. <laughs> to yeah. William being like, you need to drink water and wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew McMahon, king of wearing sunglasses. I have never seen him live that he's not wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it, the show always starts with him wearing sunglasses, and at a certain point, they do come off. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had them on the entire time he was playing it adjacent, because that was outdoors. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, the, the man loves to hydrate. The, he loves yeah. to look out for his eyeball health. You, he probably's got that UV ray protection in his sunglasses, too. Oh, yeah. For sure. But, yeah, the, the cat, like, you could still go back and, like, watch all of them on YouTube. Feel by Rama still has all the episodes up. Yeah, they're approximately um, four so pixels wide. So, like... <laughs> oh, it, the quality is so bad. But, like, it's it's so fun to go back and, and watch those. Because it's, like, a snip that was, like, part bits and skits and part, like, oh, this is what being on tour is like. And they're giving us that kind of, like, window into their lives while still creating a certain amount of distance mm-hmm. from it because every single time they did a video, there was a, like, we're doing a sketchy bit. Yeah. You know? And they even ran a contest one time for people to write a script for a TITV episode. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was basically, like, SNL, but bandom. That's so funny. The way this is mm-hmm. fully, like, four by three, 240 pixels... Like you can't like, there's no way to get that resolution any better. The than highest you is. can see it in is 240 pixels. I wonder, I, Jack the Camera Guy, if you're out there, if if someone listening to this podcast has contact with Jack the Camera Guy, can you please ask him like if he still has the original files and what we can do about remastering them? Yeah, and re-uploading them because I need that for my own health and well-being. Hang on, am I Jack the Camera Guy, Edinger? Okay, this is a different Jack that I'm thinking of then. Mm. Oh, I was wondering if he was the Jack who, like, ended up joining uh, Cute is What We Aim For. Oh, no, no, no. And he's not. Let's see, let's see. This man is on Instagram. Oh, he has to be. Touring video director, emo dad, vegan street tough. Checks out. And he wrote a record. Cool, good for him. Oh, no shit. Good for him. Okay, anyway, the Academy is... They're fucking coming back. Coming back. And we can't keep talking about TI because we have <laughs> so many other things to get to. But it was really important to talk about TI. It was. The other, just a quick thing, we had our annual spotting of the cryptid known as Ryan Ross. His annual spotting. Yeah. That on his birthday, one of his friends posted a photo of him on like some sort of hike on his birthday. I think it's his girlfriend. And that was it. Because like it's she posts like a photo of him once a year. And it's on his birthday. Yeah. Um, and it also happened to be the same day we dropped our Panic History Part 1 video, yeah. which is very funny. Yeah. By video, I mean podcast. We don't do a video version <laughs> of this. Oops. T-A-I-T-V, but it's S-E-I-F-A-T-V. That would actually be really sick. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got to see a photo of Ryan Ross, who I miss every single day of my life. Like the sun misses the flower. Like, fucking come back to me, dude. Can <laughs> you please? I understand why he doesn't want to be online at all. Yeah. And I don't blame him at all because... The new Bandom girlies who are, like, 
teens and early 20-somethings who are learning their lore from online and, like, older siblings and, like, an exquisite corpse of fandom lore has now been birthed out of everything. uh, That I do not blame him for not wanting to be online. Yeah. Though, like, the fact that that happened in, like, a week before Pete had mentioned Ryan in one of his, uh, like, outfit review videos. Yeah. He said, like, I was wearing Ryan Ross's sweatshirt here. And everyone was like, okay. into existence. Like... Pete, you wouldn't say his name if he's not coming back. And it's like, girl, he probably would. Like, that's that's yeah, Ryan's sweater. Like what, what's he supposed to say? Say it was someone else's? I don't think like, that's part of a grand plan. No. Um, but I would love it if it was. Speaking of Ryan Ross, we have the official confirmation that the remaster slash, like, definitive version of the Young Danes' album is, in fact, coming out. And we did call it. We told you so. We did. Uh, so that vinyl reissue is on the way. Might order it. I might buy it. Whatever. It's my yeah. business. I have adult money. Yeah. That I can spend on adult things. Adult things, like <laughs> an album that came out when I was in high school. Exactly. And then we also have, I think it was either today or yesterday, Blink-182 announced that they're doing a new album. It's called Touchwood, which of course it's going to yeah. be called Touchwood. Of course it they is. They released a really sweet video on their Instagram being like, it really sucks that the only way that Blink-182 gets back together is when something catastrophic happens mm-hmm. like this time it was mark getting cancer and thankfully he is in remission yeah and they're like we can't keep doing this because blink 182 sounds the best when it's all three of us yeah and this is the best album that we've ever made oh my god and i'm like i'm like oh my god so well i guess maybe tom woke up from his alien induced delusions to like well we all again. learned that they're not delusions we all learned that he was in fact correct and now that he's been proven right, he's like, great, I can retire from alien truthing because I've gotten everything <laughs> that I want out of that and I can go be in a band again. And, like, thank you for that. I think the U.S. government was like, no, we need Tom to <laughs> Literally, back in. But Joe Biden was like, I'm going to fix emo again. After everything he's done <laughs> for the scene, he was like, guys, I'm going to give I'm- you one more. <laughs> <laughs> And also, it's like, I can only imagine if people are like, we're so fucking sick of Tom DeLonge calling Area 51. <laughs> can we please tell them the aliens are real so we can stop bothering Literally, us and go like, back to Fine, fine. <laughs> it's real. Get out of our office. Go write another album. And he's like, that's all I needed to hear. That's I'm it. I'm done now. That's it. My album spirit incoming. can finally rest. Let's go. <laughs> it's like um, fucking in Lord of the Rings when Aragorn gets the spirits of the... Uh, king men and <laughs> they finish at the battle of pelinor fields and then aragorn is like you're free to go and they're like we can finally rest <laughs> it's like that it's exactly like exactly. that except instead of aragorn it's joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and they just fade away they don't even like leave on the ship that they came in. which is the funniest thing about that scene in lord of the rings which like i understand like it's also written in the book they're ghosts and you arrived on a ship. Yeah. You got the ghosts from the cave and got them on a ship. Yeah. <laughs> and then you brought them to the battle. Yeah. There's, there's, that doesn't feel like ghost physics should work that way. But it, it does. Apparently. It does. And then they beat, they beat the orcs. I think they're probably just like tied to a corporeal form while they still have something that they need to hold on to in the real life. And then yeah, that's fair. once they don't have that anymore, then they can do normal ghost shit. Like just go wherever. Oh, that's true. Because like. Aragorn flashes uh, the newly reforged Anduril and is like, 
remember this fucking sword. Mm-hmm. I am the king of men. And they're like, ah, you. Yeah, and then they're, they're like, fine. great, we can all go home now. Other than that, before we keep talking about Lord of the Rings, which is the problem that I always have. Um, <laughs> the other thing that happened in scene news, which is less scene news and more personal news for me, mm-hmm. is that I totally forgot I had a ticket to a Wonder Year show, and I completely forgot to go. That's so funny. I saw a friend <laughs> post that she was at the Philadelphia date, so I was like, oh yeah, I think I'm seeing them on this tour. I should probably check when that is, and then checked, and it was like yesterday. No! <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I am doomed to constantly miss the Wonder Years shows that yeah, I have tickets for. Yeah, this is for. not the first time that has happened to you. This is the second time this has happened to me. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, I'm destined to never see this band. <laughs> Despite That's actually like, so funny. On, I know. Next, year, next time they're on tour, I'll remember to go. I'll put, like, a reminder in my phone or something. And then the last thing we have to catch up news before we finally talk about Fall Out Boy, which is the whole reason why we're actually here, is mcr5 is fucking happening it's for real it's it's real they've all been in la for a minute for too Too fucking long frank iero who hates los angeles why was he there for so long and posting about being at a hollywood bowl show yeah didn't he see bruce yeah he saw bruce which is very funny. Yeah, I was a Bruce in L.A. and I not Jersey. Genuinely saw him at the Bruce show and assumed that that was in New Jersey because I was like, mm-hmm. where else would, where else would they both be? <laughs> yeah, and then saw no, L.A. That's, that's also in L.A. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Mikey was in L.A. for a fucking while because he was posting pictures of like the beach and shit. Yeah, they've been there for a minute. They've been there for a minute. And the thing that really clinches it is that Frank posted a picture of a fortune from a fortune cookie, Mm -hmm. which he has done before the band got back together, before Mm -hmm. Foundations of Decay dropped. Mm -hmm. And now... Like, it's all there. Yeah. It's very funny that he is always the weak link. And it's like, it's not just because he's the only one who, like, does interviews, which, like, he kind of is. Like, none of them really talk to press anymore. But because he just, like, has developed such a stupid little code, and, like, now whenever he posts, it's like, okay, Frank, everyone knows that this is what you mean. Like, everyone like, knows. we know you, bitch. We yeah. see you. It's like that interview that he did where he was like, oh, yeah, like, there's some old song that, like, I think is called Sister to Sleep. I don't know. Like, that song doesn't even exist anymore. And then they played it at LA5. Rotten it's like, liar. Yeah, Frank. Rotten liar. And, like, no one was even that surprised because everyone knows that you love lying. Everyone knows like, how much you lying, love lying for cheating, fun. deceiving. He's a fucking little Scorpio bitch. He's literally of course. the Scorpio of all time. His favorite thing to do is tell lies. Recreationally. All men do is lie. For no reason. And he, he thinks it's a game. And I'm like, it's not a fucking game, Frank. This isn't a game. It's not a game to me. This is my well-being that you're holding in your hands. This is my right lifeblood. Like my mental stability relies on what you say about this band. Yeah. So don't play games. If there's no MCR5, like what am I supposed to tell my mom? Cuz I've been telling her MCR5 is coming. Like you have to believe that it's coming and she's like, "Okay." And then if I have to go mm-hmm. back to her, you know, hat in hand and say, "Oh, sorry, it's it's not happening." She won't survive that. We can't do that. We can't do that. Frank, my mom needs this album. Like, think about the mom's Frank. Yeah, it is kind of funny. I was wearing a, uh, one of my MCR tour shirts to work the other day. And like, she Mm -hmm. came to say hi. And she was also wearing an MCR tour shirt. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like mother, like daughter. It's 
It's very funny. Like, we look nothing alike, but, like, my coworkers have consistently been able to identify us as people who are related to each other. Because they're like, well, you both wear glasses and you're both wearing MCR shirts. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, obviously, that person's here for you. (laughs) Meanwhile, whenever my mom is in my car and I'm just playing, like, my generic, like, K-pop punk playlist that I have, it's, Mm -hmm. like, eight hours long. It's exactly half pop punk, half K-pop. Yeah. And MCR comes on. She just gently lifts her hand up and just skips it. Oh, no, my mom yeah. will, if she's driving me somewhere and I don't love you as playing, she will turn it up. And if I <laughs> try to talk through it, she will start it over and then turn it up a little bit more. <laughs> she's like, you're not in the car for the duration of this song. No, no, you're not giving it the respect that it deserves and needs. No, <laughs> that's like right her now. favorite song of all time. She loves that one so much. I love it. Um, so when MCR5 drops, you know, it's it's going to be huge for me and it's going to be huge for her. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be an an event. It's going to be I'll a huge event much. in the Chloe household. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'll do when it ever gets announced and don't, where I'll be, but when the tour when the reunion was announced, I was at a rest stop in West Virginia mm-hmm. on my way to Halloween and I immediately burst into tears. Yeah. I was like I legitimately screamed. Yeah. And then sobbed. I was people must have thought I was getting murdered. (laughs) I was at work at my job. And, like, it was a job that I had just started. Like, I had started it earlier in October. And then they were like, hey, everyone, like, we're we're back. We're doing it. And, like, the absolute fucking freak out that, like, me and several of my other coworkers had. Because, like, most of us at the, on the floor that day were also MCR fans. Like, it was over. And then when tickets were on sale, like, it was, walk into a cafe And you see one solitary person behind the bar. And then you look into the back room and you see four more people. (laughs) And they all have Ticketmaster open on their phones. And you ask to speak to a manager or a supervisor. And the one person on the floor is like, yeah, back there trying to get MCR tickets. (laughs) Like, exactly. Yeah. A supervisor also trying to get MCR tickets. That's like, it was like, we're the bosses of the store. Like, and we're like, everyone stop wanting coffee. It's not about that I mean, right now. There's more important matters at hand. Yeah. Coffee doesn't matter right now. Yeah. I think I think I was in bed when I bought them. I had just woken up. I set an alarm to get tickets. Yeah. And somehow managed it. And I saw the number and I said, well, I hope there's enough in my bank account right now because we are clicking through regardless. That number was great. I actually just like I block it out of my head kind of. So I'm like, it's not my business how much I spent on that. One of my coworkers spent $1,000 each for floor tickets. Each? Yeah. Was it resale? No. It was that day. The fuck? I I know that our Because floor... at the time, they were playing two shows in Canada. This was before they added more dates. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. <clears throat> so it was the entire population of MCR fans in Canada all trying to buy tickets for the same two shows. Um, and most of them gotcha. are going to the Toronto date because nobody wants to go to Montreal. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, like, it's just, you know, like, the Ticketmaster dynamic pricing is just, like, great. We can sell these tickets for whatever the fuck we want because yeah. the whole country wants them. Oh, okay. Versus America, yeah. where y'all get, like, two shows per state. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got in really quickly. I think I was, like... I was in the under 2000 group. I think I got in at like a thousand something and managed to put three floor tickets in my cart. And I said, 
I'm just going to buy these. Mm-hmm. I, there, if I go back now and I release these, there's no way I'm getting these back. Yeah. And then I think I ended up spending with fees like eight fifty mm-hmm. for three of them, and that was for Newark. Yeah. So every single time I bulk at a number of like if I'm bulk buying tickets for a show for like a group of friends, I'm like, it's not as bad as MCR. Yeah. Just remember that. Yeah. You can exactly. never spend that much money on tickets ever again. Yeah. And <laughs> for that bulk buying tickets for uh. For Fallout Boy at uh, Madison Square Garden, that was also like not that bad. No, that was really reasonable, actually. Mm-hmm. But also, to be fair, like we weren't getting floor or the VIP. No, true. And if if we were getting floor, it would have been over because those tickets were like five hundred dollars each, or something and, uh, crazy like and that. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no. I love you, Fallout Boy, but I also value being able to sit and get a drink. Yeah. A little and, bit more now at my age. <laughs> and having had a floor so recently in Toronto, we're like, miraculously, very close to the fucking stage. I was one row back from Barricade. Mm-hmm. My life changed forever. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I don't have that same urgency to be like, oh my god, I need to be right up front for this. Because it's like, well, I just was. And then I saw them another two times. And like, even from very far back, great show. So like, I'm going to be okay no matter where I am. Exactly. And we were standing in a field for the first date. And mm-hmm. I, after standing through all of that, I was like, mm, I like yeah. sitting. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Though the vibe up there was really good. It was fun. Yeah. For sure. But also, I love to sit. Yeah. Um, and on that note, let's get into the uh, the tour. Yeah. Yeah. So much for Stardust. Yeah. Tour dust. The tour. Mm-hmm. Hilarious name. Uh, love it. Hilarious name. Loved it. It was several, many dates. I don't know the, the number off the top of my head. Just a bunch. I know that they did a lot of dates, a yeah. bunch. Every single venue was open air in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Whether it be on baseball fields and or like pavilion style venues. My hypothesis was, I think we mentioned it in a previous episode, was that it was a COVID compliance thing. Just like airing on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. But also because Pete wanted to play baseball stadiums because of <laughs> yeah, because he watched Field of Dreams and and that became his personality zoned in right on it yeah, <laughs> which what a thing to attach your personality to for a little bit but that's yeah. how uh, that shit works mm-hmm. so yeah it was nice to be outside for these dates it was fun yeah I will say I'm glad to be in air conditioning in March. Yes, that <laughs> Madison Square Garden. That will be nice, and also it'll be so much easier to get to. True, because oh, oh my god, the drive into and out of Camden was like nearly destroyed me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nearly killed me. <laughs> we almost died. We almost didn't live. Yeah, the plot of Lord <laughs> of the Flies happened to us for real. Looking for parking oh, for that show, and then trying god. to get out of the parking lot at that show. <laughs> okay, I so it. Listeners who are not from New Jersey, Camden is one of those industrial towns along the Delaware River that was eventually abandoned by the government and, like, people stopped caring about it because uh, it became a predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhood and, a, and city. And so the government stopped giving a shit about it. And the only reason why people go to Camden anymore is to go to the pavilion there, the one on the waterfront, which is where we saw Fall Out Boy. And to go to the aquarium. And that is the only part of the city that, like, 
is well kept, basically. Yeah. They shut down the int- so first of all, it's already like difficult to get in because you're basically almost going to Philly and you don't go to Philly and you're fucking inside driving through Cherry Hill. Ugh. Um <laughs> and then you're driving in a city and then they block off every single fucking road near the pavilion. Because everything turns into trying to get into parking lots. And they take over every single parking lot around the pavilion because there's not an official parking lot. There's just a bunch of other ones that Live Nation just camps out in and charges Mm -hmm. you money to stay in. So, like, we fucking hate Live Nation, by the way. But know who I hate more than Live Nation? Mm. The Camden Police. (laughs) (laughs) Who lied to us about parking for no fucking reason? Like the why would they do that? Have a history of being corrupt. Their history of police brutality is really, really, really bad. This, this was a personal (laughs) slight against me, and (laughs) it's just another thing on their like fucking pile of crimes. Exactly, where somehow they decide that the police are going to be in charge of telling people where to go for parking. The police have no fucking affiliation with Live Nation, none. So they don't care. This is what I don't understand. It's like how are you able to just rent out the real ass police to do parking direction for your event like it must be like that shouldn't be something, something you can do no and because it's so, like i don't think they should exist but that's also not what they're for so like no like can we not give this job to like some normal people like basically the police were camped out on all the roads closest to the venue to close it down for pedestrians but that's also where the parking lot that we prepaid for was. And I could not find a concrete direction to get to where this mysterious parking lot two was. Mm-hmm. And we paid an astronomic amount of money for this parking. Because I knew I've been to this venue once before. I knew that parking was terrible. I was like, fuck it. Let's just buy the expensive parking so we mm-hmm. have peace of mind. Yeah. That we're going to have a spot. We can get in and get out really quickly. The, we get there. I cannot find this fucking parking lot. I asked a police officer. I was like, how do I get to this parking lot? And he just goes, that lot is full. Yeah. What? Yeah. I have a spot. I paid And I for was it. thinking like, oh, maybe they're doing like the airline thing where like they've oversold it and they're hoping that some right. people just don't show up, whatever. But, right. I but then, thought that. <laughs> but then. But then. But then. I say, fuck it. We just need a parking spot. I want to get a drink. I'm hungry. <laughs> We're paying for parking again. Yeah. We find another Live Nation parking lot that's a little bit nearby. It's like a half mile walk away from the venue. Yada, yada, yada. It wasn't that bad. I get in there. I'm like, hi. I have this ticket for the parking lot that was the VIP one. Do I have to pay for parking in this lot? Can I just use this to be in here? She goes, unfortunately, no. But you can get out and like go back to that parking lot. I'm like, one, I can't get out of this parking lot that easily. Yeah. Two, they told me it was closed. Three, I have no idea how to get there. And she's like, who told you it was closed? I'm like, the police. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's not true. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, cool. Yeah. Love that. And she was like, are you sure you don't want to turn around and go? I'm like, I am already here. I just want to park my car. And yeah. she's like, cool. For this, That's $40. And I'm like, mm, great. So I'm now spend almost uh-huh. close to $150 on parking at this point. Uh-huh. One of them being a spot I could not park in. Yep. And then she goes, well, if you complain to Live Nation, like, they'll give you your money back if you just keep complaining. And I'm like, great plan. I'm totally going to do that. that. And then... That girl on the phone was I, so nice because she was really just like, just like, bother them so much. 
And then they'll give you, mm-hmm. like, just be a huge pain in the ass and they'll give you your money back. And it's like, you're so real. And you're my you're best so friend. You're so real. You're my best friend. And then I remembered that I bought the parking on SeatGeek. So I forfeited my right to fight Live Nation for my money back. Yeah. Because I bought it on SeatGeek. Yeah. Because on the actual Live Nation website, it said the parking was full. Yeah. And then... It's everyone involved... After the show. ...is going to hell. Except for us. Everyone going... It's... And that girl. We were... We were perfect angels and so was she. Yeah. Then we had a wonderful time at the final date at, of the event, of the tour. Yes. It was magical. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. We had espresso martinis. We had crab fries. We had... More, did we get more snacks than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Those fries were so good. It was crazy. And you were confused at first. I, I said, didn't understand no, what no, no, crab no. fries was. Um, They're just... They were really a good. huge bucket of fries covered in Old Bay and they give you cheese dip. Yeah. We had a lovely time. We fell to the floor. We screamed. We cried. We laughed. Memories were made. Yeah. It was everything. We get back to the car. And I'm like, cool. We're going to have to sit here for like, what, 10, 15 minutes before we get out? That's fine. Yeah. Listener, it was, I no joke, an hour before the car that was parked behind us in line to get out finally moved for us to pull out. Yeah. And by the time we pulled out, there were... 15 cars left in the fucking parking lot. Yeah. That's how long it took for that line to move. I, like, at one point got out of the car and was like, I'm just going to, like, walk and see, like, if I can find what's going on. Yeah, because we didn't know if there was, like, an accident. I was like, there's no way that it's this hard to get out unless someone has fucking died. And, like, I could not even find the start of that line. I did find a yellow Volkswagen Beetle that had a license plate that just said, Yas. (laughs) <laughs> and that and was great. that was pretty good um so i'm happy that i saw that and then it started raining so i came back to the car i was like i actually don't care that much i'm so i don't want to get wet it and also i had i think just really bad shin splints for two days straight yes so my legs i was hobbling i could barely <laughs> walk i now had to drive an hour home on the turnpike it's raining nobody has suffered like ria has suffered <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in Camden anymore. The show ended, I think, at like 11. We did not leave Camden, New Jersey until I think 1245. Yeah. Is when we finally left the city limits because it took 20. Once we got out of the parking lot, it was 20 minutes to go a half mile to get back on the turnpike in some way, shape, or form to go through fucking Cherry Hill again. Past the stupid mall to get onto the turnpike to go home. And then on top of that, it's raining and it's all a bunch of fucking people who are not from New Jersey. I saw Massachusetts plates. I saw New York plates. I saw fucking Pensy plates. Mm-hmm. Oh, and not to add an insult to injury by all the out-of-towners. They had the audacity to call that date Philly. Yeah, we they kept the being like, the Delaware. girl, Oliver Sykes <laughs> being like, Jersey. hello, Philadelphia. I was like, who told you that you're in Philadelphia right now? Who, who told you that? What pensy motherfucker lied to you in the pit? Like, who lied to you? Who told you that? Anyway. So, it's a bunch of fucking morons trying to get out of here. They've never driven in a city before. They've never seen, like, a block, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, a gridded city before. They're confused. I want to go home. It's raining. People stop knowing how to drive when it rains. Like, it doesn't rain every other fucking day on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't experience weather here. We do. Takes us 20 more minutes. Then we're on the part of the turnpike, which for other listeners, it's 
uh, I-95. The, the stretch of it in New Jersey is called the Turnpike. It is unlit. The lanes do not have little reflectors in it to tell you where the lanes are. It is pitch black. It is one o'clock in the morning. It is raining. I can't walk. I can barely hold the gas pedal down. I want a snack. I ran out of combos. It was really dire. There was no snacks in the car anymore. And then it takes us an hour and a half to get home from yeah. the turnpike. We did not get back to my apartment until 2.30 a.m. <sighs> but it was worth it. But we <laughs> did get home. Point. We did get home, though. I think I... I'm so sorry, listener. I... This... The driving situation to and from Camden was just so bad that it's, like, the only thing I can talk about when it comes to that show. And I am never going there again. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think we will have to, thankfully. No. But Jesus we're going Christ. We're going again. I think they knew that all the... Literally, it felt like going to Mordor and back. <laughs> That's to, what it felt just like. Just to bring it back to, to Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings again. We truly like we did everything. Camden, and it was like, oh, I now have to put on an orc helmet to pretend that I'm an orc and avoid Sauron's eye <laughs> to get to this fucking <laughs> stadium. And then to get out, the lava is coming and the eagles are not showing up. <laughs> I need to get home. Good Lord. But we did get, we got home. We got home eventually. We got home. And, and the good thing is, is now Pete, I think, heard my, my plight and took pity on me and was like, you know what? We're going to give you a date where you have to take a train and walk a block and it's going to take you all of 25 minutes to get to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you so much. Yeah. I love you. I want to kiss you on the mouth. Yeah. And one day you will. <laughs> one Maybe. day I will. Yeah. I believe that. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, anyway, what? Let's get to the first date of this tour, not yeah. the very last date where yeah. we experience the horrors of the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the openers for this tour were all pulled from the new uh, Decadence DCD2, as it's called now, uh, lineup. So they, we had Games We Play, Car, Daisy Grenade, Royal and the Serpent, and some more like established like heavy-hitting bands who are not on Decadence, like Bring Me the Horizon, Newfound Glory, Four Year Strong, uh, and for the debut show at Wrigley Field, uh, we had openers Alkaline Trio and The Academy Is, in addition to, uh, I think they had Daisy Grenade for that show as well. Mm-hmm. Which was just, aw, so sweet. Chicago yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Cute. Uh, yeah, it's it's very sweet. Right before, uh, or not right before, like during their set at... Uh, in Toronto, Games We Play, their lead singer was talking a little bit about how, like, they posted their demo, and they were like, and I guess, like, Pete heard it, and he, like, messaged me and said, like, can I be your dad, and do you want to be on my record label? And it seems like that's kind of how he's got, like, all of his (laughs) new, like, squad of, like, young bands just being, coming in and being like, hi, so I'm your father now, um, and we're going to make an album. So he basically learned from when he acquired Panic at the Disco. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept that same formula. Yeah. All along. Mm-hmm. And, like, these bands were, like, great. Like, uh, I'd seen Royal and the Serpent before. We both had at uh, yeah. Adjacent Fest. Adjacent. Killed it mm-hmm. there. Uh, they did a great job opening on this tour as well. Um, mm-hmm. I had not seen Games We Play before. They did a pretty good job. I like, I like them. They were fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, like, classic, like, pop-punk sound. Which was the band that played before ours? We before we also Serpent? had Games We Play right before Royal and the Serpent. Oh, we did. Okay, that's yeah. what, who they were. We never actually saw them on stage because we were too busy 
eating our fucking crab fries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eating before. And yeah, but they were really good. Um, I want to see Daisy Grenades so bad because I love them. And like, they're on every time they tour with Fall Out Boy now, like they drop off the tour to go do something else, like right before my dates. And I'm like, can you so just, evil. and I'm like, you girls are from New York. Why are you not playing at Madison Square Garden? Right? That's your hometown show. Please. Please. Come on. I need you. Um, whatever. I'll, I'll see them eventually. It's just like, please oh, hurry yeah. up. The thing that I was... At first, like, when they announced that Bring the Horizon was be playing the dates that we went to go see, I was, like, confused. I was like, them? It, that doesn't sound like... It seemed like a really, like, not bad pick, but I was just like, those... Like... They just when sound they very different. Anything? It's like, I'm sure that they have a lot of overlapping fans. And, like, oh, they did, sure. obviously. But it's also just, yeah. like, a, like oh, like, that's not who I would have thought to get. No. And also, turns out that, I at least what I noticed from the two shows that I went to, a lot of people were there just for Bring Me the Horizon. Yes. Which is hysterical. 100%. Like, extremely that was wild yes. to me. Also, they have a lot of young fans. Yeah, which is also wild to me, because they've been around since I was in high school. Since Ollie was a baby. Yeah. Like, and now he's like jacked as shit and hot as hell. Yeah. This is. What happened? I don't know. Like, I knew that everyone thought that he was hot before, but I'm like, now I'm an adult. And right. Like, See, when I was in high school and like, admittedly, like my taste at that time did lean towards guys who looked or when it was guys anyway, like guys who looked like Ollie Sykes. But Ollie yeah. Sykes himself, I was just like, this man is nothing. Like, yeah, he looks like this is nothing to me mm-hmm. and i didn't enjoy their music that they were making at the time so i was mm-hmm. like i don't give a shit about this dude and they've kind of like their sound has evolved in a very interesting way yeah that i am actually enjoying a lot more and he looks a lot different um not to sound shallow but like i i think he's cute now like that's got nothing to do with the the actual music that's just but like i'm like oh shit ollie's legs were yeah bet like he's big now he's like, a he, big dude like, he yeah. used to be a twig and now i'm like oh you're you have muscles like, you put on mass what yeah the fuck also it is one thing to know that this band is from sheffield like intellectually it's another thing to hear that accent in real life after not having thought about bring me the horizon for approximately 15 years yeah and just be like oh fuck like that is an accent that i never have encountered in my real life <laughs> No, like, I'm not supposed... That's only supposed to exist in when I watch, like, BBC shows. That exists when I watch Bake Off. Not, like, in front of me. And, like, he said in it, like, in real life. They actually do that. Yeah. That's not just a... That's like, not just no a way. thing. No that's way. Though, but that's here's, all... Like, <laughs> here's the thing. Also, okay. <laughs> you, you, you go. The, you go. Oh, my thing is probably not as funny as whatever you're about to say. My thing is that he definitely hates me personally now. Because... <laughs> forgot about that because <laughs> so uh, my friend and i were like one row behind barricade at at the toronto date and so we were very close and i made quite direct eye contact with him a couple times and he did like walk past like when he was doing his little walk around the stadium he did directly in front of me like hug and kiss like the girls in front of us who like i also know <laughs> who also came in from ottawa to see this show and he, uh, the couple times that he looked at me, I was really just kind of like standing there and I wasn't being an asshole. Like I was kind of like bopping along, you know, like I'm like headbanging and shit. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I don't know the words to any of your songs. I'm not here for you. I'm sorry. Also, you're screaming half of them. Yeah. 
And so like like him and also the guitarist who was on that side of the stage, who was on stage left. Like they both times that they would look at me, like they would be smiling and looking out at the crowd and then make eye contact with me and just stop fucking smiling. <laughs> and look very pissed off and my friend and I were both kind of like they're really mad at us like they I get, we have to leave they don't want us here <laughs> like this is a they weird vibe yeah. <laughs> this is a weird energy so like yeah he's he hates me and then at the show in Camden <laughs> when he was doing his stage walk like he walked right past me like in the part that we were where we were sitting and I yeah. was kind of like I hope this guy doesn't look at me and, like, see me again and be like, fuck, like, it's, it's her again. I've been hysterical yeah. if that had happened. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of, like, pointedly, like, not looking towards him because I was like, he he probably wouldn't remember. He sees a lot of faces every single day. But, like, what if? Like, I don't, what if I can't get in a fight with Ollie Sykes. I won't win. Was that when I was getting up to go pee? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were not there. And you came back and Classic. I was like, I narrowly avoided a fight with Ollie Sykes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, I peed like five times during that show. <laughs> yeah. So did I. I was like, because I had to pee and you texted me like, girl, Ethan Hawk is talking. You have to run back right now. Yeah. And I was like running. Did you? No, I think we definitely. Mm. Yeah. Because they were about to start. Pretzel. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was getting a fucking pretzel. <laughs> I was like, we definitely had more than fries. Yeah. God, that pretzel was so good. It was a really good pretzel. Almost worth missing the Almost. follow up boy. I mean, I made it back. <laughs> Almost, it was okay. You did. It was totally fine. So do we want to, before we talk about set design, go over the set lists that we got to see? So yeah, let's get into um, the set lists. <sighs> let's get the fuck into it. Okay. The set list for, first of all, the set list for their first show at Wrigley Field kind of set the tone for this tour because that was where mm-hmm. we got to see like how they were arranging the performance. So they would uh, start it out with um, like a recording of The Pink Seashell, which is the track from So Much for Stardust, where it is Ethan Hawke from Reality Bites giving his little like Pink Seashell monologue Mm -hmm. um, straight into Love from the Other Side. And from there we would get kind of like, like almost acts throughout the show so it would be like love from the other side and then like a few more songs and then they would kind of change the stage and go into like three old songs Mm -hmm. so at wrigley field this was chicago so two years ago grand theft autumn and calm before the storm before going back into like more recent songs i guess at this show they played heaven iowa live for the first time they played the Mm -hmm. takeover the breaks over for the first time (gasps) since 2017. Yeah. Head first slide into Cooperstown. Bonkers. Um, which, like, they had not played Folia Ado songs for quite a while because they had mm-hmm. talked about, like, being quite hurt by how that album was received and how crowds responded to it and just, like, it didn't go well. So the fact that they're playing Head First Slide again, incredible. Love it. Yeah. And then they would kind of let Patrick take over the stage to do, like, a little piano medley. At this first one, he did a cover of Lakeshore Drive and a cover of Don't Stop Believin'. Um, the rest of the band would come back out onto the stage for Don't Stop Believing, And then they would move into some, like, more piano-based songs. So they did at this one, Last of the Real Ones and Save Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. After Save Rock and Roll, Pete climbs up onto the piano to do Baby Annihilation, And then he does a little magic trick, a little disappearing act where he disappears off of the stage and the band is playing Crazy Train. And then Pete will reappear somewhere in the crowd 
um, and then come back to join them on stage. This is also the first show, so we got to see the introduction of the Magic 8-Ball, which is that where they would like... bitch. <laughs> so they would say, there's a Magic 8-Ball that'll tell us what song we should play. The first ever Magic 8-Ball song was the live debut of G-I-N-A-S-F-S, a song that I never thought would be played live because it's a fucking, never. like, bonus track. Like, it's a B-side off of Infinity on High. That is, like, you have to be a pretty big fan. And it is an like, incredible song. casual listener to know that song. Yeah. Because there's other deeper cuts. Yeah. But, like, if you're, like, if you're imagining liking Fall Boy as a tip of the iceberg, it's, like, the first layer down. Yeah. From what's peaking up on the ice. Yeah. And it's, like... It's so good. I never thought I was going to see them play that song live ever. Never. It, like, I saw that happen. I'm like, you bitches, if I don't get this song by yeah. my dates, I'm like, you're all dead to me. Because <laughs> it's one of my top five favorite Fall Boy it's songs. It's so fucking good. It's so good. And like, it mm -hmm. really like let us all know that we've got to prepare for how fucking crazy this tour is going to be and like how bonkers the set lists are going to be and like what a like ride every show is going to be for us yeah like how severely is this going to hurt our fucking feelings badly a lot that's how the set list in toronto pretty bonkers pretty oh i love that on setlist.com they uh under calm before the storm it says song stopped due to a fight in the crowd before first chorus restarted in full <laughs> <laughs> exactly no, uh, it was that uh pete did his little like do you really want to tell people that you got in a fight at a fucking fallout boy show like that's not even cool which is fair he was like not even during bring me the horizon like during the fallout boy show <laughs> he's like be serious um so we got for our piano medley uh we got what a time to be alive and golden mm -hmm. um before which they fucked up yeah before they came back out and did uh, Don't Stop Believing, um, they did their little cover of Crazy Train after Baby Annihilation. We got two Magic 8-Ball songs at this show yep. after the first one, which was West Coast Smoker, the live Fuck debut. Um, no one's ever screamed like I screamed. No one. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> it was unfucking real the energy at that moment. Like, we had kind of, like... I don't even want to say befriended because like, I don't think we ever exchanged words with this guy who was standing in front of us, but like, it was just like the energy was there. And like every so often mm -hmm. we would look at each other and be like, yeah, like we know what it's about. Yeah. West Coast Smoker, me and this guy were like in the air. After West Coast Smoker, Pete points up at the screen that's above the stage and is like, the eight ball is still there. And this guy turns and looks at me and he's just like, two? And I'm like, I think it's two. <laughs> and like, me and my friend Emily are like holding hands like, oh my god, what's what's he about to do to us? And Pete says like, oh, I think it's like malfunctioning since we crossed the border. Uh, so like, I think we have to play two. It wants us to play another one. Uh, how about we play a fun old one? And then goes into... I never trust that. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. And I'm like, we're just like looking at each other. And it's like, I swear, like, we knew. We knew we were about to get hit with G-I-N-A-S-F-S -S, live and in person. Mm -hmm. And I had, like, thought a lot. I'd, like, done a lot of thinking about hearing that song live and, like, the experience of watching them play that live. And mm -hmm. at no point while I was thinking about that did I consider that hearing Patrick sing You Saved My Life would mean the audience singing back at the band 
you saved my life. Yeah. You know, until oh, I, I like, again. yeah, until I like watched like this guy in front of me, like pointing at them on you saved my life. And I was like, oh, like everyone here is currently having this moment where they're like in a room with someone who dragged them out of a very dark place. Yep. And like, we're all having fun, but there's also just like for this one line, we're all acknowledging like there was a time where I probably would have died if I hadn't had something to hold on to. And it was this. And now we're yep. all here together celebrating it. Yep. It's it's incredibly similar to the vibe of my chem. Yeah, it is. Like the, like I've said before, like going from fucking like save yourself, I'll hold them back, hearing like this in a room full of suicides and then moving on to like, I'm not afraid to keep on living, you know, like that kind of yep. like the shit that you go through in that room with everyone singing that to each other and to the band and like the band is singing it to you and you're singing it to them. Yeah. Because it and is the band is older and you're older. Yeah. And everything is different, but everything is the same. Because it Ugh. is such a reciprocal relationship there. Like it's uh it's buck wild. So like I had thought like, oh like I'm gonna freak out if I hear this song live, ha ha ha. And then I did hear it live and I was like, oh, I'm having like a little bit of a moment where I'm like, wow, like probably a lot of people in this room have had like quite severe problems where mm -hmm. like one of the things that got them through was Fallout Boy and the yep. community around Fallout Boy. And now, yep. like, almost, like, what, like, almost 15 years after that song comes out, it's, like, still eliciting that same emotion in all of us and in all of the new fans mm -hmm. who are also here. Like, yep. incredible experience. Fucking yep. bonkers. And then when you got uh, Gaze on Cinnamon for Shitty, I was so happy for you. You were, but, but you also, were also like, they need to so... play it at my show or I'm going to die. Or, like, I can't be friends with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, no, it will be fucking over. Yes. And you're correct. Yeah. I w I'm right to feel that way. Yeah. Um, what did we get for our first show in so Holmdel, New show, Jersey? Fucking Holmdel. So, back at the same venue I was at for Adjacent. I'm trying to think of, like, what was different that we got. The first one. What was different that we got is that Pete's base caught on fire after the Phoenix. <laughs> Yeah, so that he had was... to hand it off to someone and be like, "Take this away from me." Yeah, the first one that was crazy was wait, did they play Dead on Arrival at your show? Um, they played Chicago was so two years ago. Okay, yeah, so we got Dead on Arrival, which was incredibly sweet. That Pete dedicated it to Royal and the Serpent. Yeah, the first night, mm -hmm. uh, the second to last night of the tour, and then the at Camden they did it again, but brought the lead singer of Royal and Serpent up on stage to perform Dead on Arrival yeah. together. And like, that's the lead singer's favorite song. Yeah. Their name was, was uh, it's like Ryan and Ryan tweeted later. Like Ryan. I got to, I got to sing like my favorite song with my favorite band, mm -hmm. like on this tour, like, you know, like mm -hmm. what a great moment for them. Like, I love that. Right. I'm trying to think of what else is different. Cause I feel like so many things are similar, but also different. We did. You got Grand Theft Auto. You got Calm Before the Storm. Mm -hmm. The same as scene. Everything is the same. Everything is the same. Mostly the same. Until. Until. And this I, wasn't even. Was this even the eight? This wasn't even the eight ball song. They were just like, hey guys. Ball. This wasn't even the like attic portion of the stage anymore. No. The first notes of bang the doldrums start. And I fall to the floor. Yeah. You hit the ground. I hit the. Like it is my favorite Fall Out Boy song besides Sophomore Slump. Mm -hmm. Like, Sophomore Slump is my teenage emotional song, but, like, the one that I love to listen to the most is Bang the Dole Drums. Ah! It's the song of all fucking time. <laughs> and... It was 
crazy. I my have friends, thought for sure if I hear this, it's going to be like during the eight ball portion of the set. So like I'll know. Right. Okay. Start stealing yourself for like something fucking nuts to happen instead right. of like it just being like, hi, uh, we're going to kill you now. We're going to kill you just right dead. after Heaven, Iowa. Which, like, I'm still recovering from that. I'm still recovering from the speech that Pete did before Heaven, oh, Iowa. that was so... Where, like, he talked about, like, life being super short. And, like, I can't remember if it was at this show or the one in Camden where he says, like, you know, when you were a kid and, like, you would throw all the pillows on the floor and you would jump from them because the floor is lava. And then you would, like, want to go to the fridge and get a snack. So you would be like, well, now I'm wearing, like, my boots that protect me from lava. Like, you could always imagine something that would, like, protect you mm-hmm. and get you out of a situation. And then you get older and you kind of lose that ability. And, like, this album has been about trying to get that back. Like, yeah. going back to retrieve a part of yourself that you didn't have access to anymore. And, like, kind of remaking mm-hmm. yourself in that image and, like, being the person that you want to be. And he also said, like, if I could go back in time, I would tell myself to, like, buy stock in Michael's Arts and Crafts. Because, <laughs> like, everyone yeah. was wearing the fucking bead bracelets. Which I got you um, addicted to a new hobby. Yeah. This I have such a problem with it now. It's, like, I'm just doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, I'm, like, standing there listening to that speech, just, like, trying not to sob. Because it was just, like, mm-hmm. resonating. And then they go into Heaven, Iowa. And I'm, like, oh, my God. Like... I'm wrung out. And, and then they go into and bang the doldrums. Doldrums. <laughs> and it's so good because like, I was there, we were there with sort of kind of with two groups of, of my friends. Yeah. So we went with a couple friends and then a couple of my other friends were like two rows off to the side behind us. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we heard them play bang the doldrums and we all whipped our heads in your direction. Yeah. And you were on the floor. And yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. This song means the world to me. Uh-huh. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I cried so much mm-hmm. just sobbing my way through that song. Yeah. Like, like, to hear, I cast a spell over the West to make you think of me the same way I think of I you. I just live. avoid my vocal cords. Live. And this is a, another song that they never played live until this tour. Right. This song came out in, like, 2007, and it just, like, was in the vault. Like, they never oh, yeah, took like that out. things that, like, that Pete was like, we're never playing this live. Yeah. This is too emotional. We yeah. all know why it's too emotional. They just wasn't playing. Yeah, so it it was like holy shit. Um, and then you know, head first slide, had, fake out, and then another live debut. Yeah. And then Patrick does a stupid little piano medley, and that hurts me. I've got a dark alley. <laughs> yeah, a song that Pete said that they would never play live because it's too emotional. Yeah, and because we like, it's a really emotional and personal song about Pete. And, like, his struggles with addiction and mental health and all that. Yeah. like, And so... He has said that that song is about, like, not feeling safe inside your own skin. And feeling like there's nowhere that you can go. That, like, you will ever be okay. And so, he's saying like, that song's never going to be played live. And then the fact that, like, they live debut it, but it's still not Pete performing it. He, no, it's... Patrick is performing it for Pete. Patrick playing it by himself. Yeah. Like... Oh, my God. And also, was it this date or was it the one before where he said, like, uh, like this is the part of the show where, like, Pete will kind of challenge me to, like, play something. Yeah. That, like, isn't usually played on piano. So, like, let's see if I know how to do this, kind of. Yeah. So, like, the the way that it's probably, like, I don't know if Pete requests, like, hey, play this tonight. 
or if it's just like, I'm going to pick something. But I feel like since it is so personal and since Pete has said, like, I don't think we're ever going to play this, there had to have been some kind of discussion around. Oh, for sure. Hey, like, let's let's play this one. Like, I think we're ready to play this one now because yeah. we're finally like I we said on the the album like release episode, like this is them at like their most confident. And this is, I think, them mm-hmm. at their most uh, like communicative with each other. And, like, at their strongest, I think it makes sense to imagine that there would have been a kind of discussion around, like, I think we can finally do this. For sure. And then after that, we get a partial thing of What a Catch Donnie, yeah. which is another song I wanted on my bucket list of yeah. things from the play. So the fact that it was even partial is huge. Yeah. And I'd, then it goes... Hmm. Like, for... The thing is that, like, I, for, I've for i got a dark alley. Like, I also, like... I just had to get down on the ground for a second. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, like, I can't do this. And like, by the time we were partly through What a Catch Donnie, I was like, I need him to start playing Don't Stop Believing. Like, I I need I need him to stop I, I playing Fallout Boy songs at the fucking Fallout Boy show <laughs> because it's actually too much. Thankfully, he did go into Don't Stop Believing at that point. I'm also just so thankful that, because like, if you are a person who has ever, ever like, struggled with mental illness in a way where you didn't know if you were going to live to see like 25 mm-hmm. 30 etc like we were yeah and i think because this song like i've got a dark element so much to me when i was a teenager and then into college when i had to go into fucking like outpatient and an outpatient program mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that Patrick did not get to the line. Please put the doctor on the phone because I'm not making any sense. Oh. I think I would have actually just like you would have. I needed to be airlifted out of yeah, PNC Bank Arts Center. Yeah, like it. It would have been pretty <gasps> bad, but like God, and he just did such a good job with it too. And yeah, like, it was so beautiful. And like that specific combination of I've got a dark alley and then what a catch, Donnie, which. I've Got a Dark Alley is Pete writing from his perspective. And What a Catch Donnie is him kind of writing from Patrick's perspective a little more. Mm -hmm. You know, that like, Mm -hmm. I've got troubled thoughts and the self-esteem to match What a Catch was not about Pete, but was him kind of trying to imagine how Patrick might feel. Exactly. And so Patrick pairing those songs together, like here was Pete at his lowest and here was me at my lowest and now here's Don't Stop Believing. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> the whiplash. It's just very like, hey, uh, want to be sad? Cool. Um, we're cheerful now. We're we're believing. We're going to live we're forever. It's like, oh my god. Like, we can't recontextualize the Journey song like this. Like, I... <laughs> no. Like, it's a... The thing is, it's a very good song. It is hard for me to take seriously at this point just because of how memefied it's gotten. Yeah, and, like, I always automatically associate with Glee. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. But, like, but now... the popularity of Journey with Millennials... Yeah. ...starts with Glee and ends with Glee. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. Hearing it in, like, a new context like this is also just very, like... Oh, this is a good song. Like, this is for... Like, this yeah. is why it got that popular in the first place. It's because it's good. And hearing, you know, like, we're we're going anywhere and like, we're going to believe in ourselves and in each other, mm-hmm. like following two songs about like how we don't believe in ourselves or each other and like how yeah. we feel bad and want to die. It's Incredibly like incredibly poignant. Yeah. It's just like, Oh fuck. Like this is, this is what Hold the, on. this is the point of the song. However, like this might be an unpopular opinion. I kind of was bummed out that they weren't playing entirely all fall out boy songs at the fall out boy show. I'm not a huge fan of 
covers being played at shows because I'm like, well, I'm here for you. Yeah. I don't want to hear you do Don't Stop Believing. Could you do like Arms Race? Yeah. Instead? I mean, they did do they that. They did do Arms I mean, Race. Like, like, could you break out, you know, yeah. song? Though in this case, I was glad that they that they went into it because I was kind of like, I need something else. Because like, if it's, besides if it's another follow up boy song, I will actually fucking pass out. Yeah. Also didn't mind that they, uh, so they switched their post Baby Annihilation cover from uh, Crazy Train to Enter Sandman at this show. Yeah. Which is fun. Fucking they, ruled. They up a little bit. Very good. Um, and I think that one, they also do a cover because Pete is off the stage at that point. Like he has disappeared. I do wish that they had decided to play Bruce or like Bon Jovi in Jersey. <laughs> real though like come on come on man patrick i know you guys know how to do it um fucking anything by bon jovi yeah anything play fucking uh dancing in the dark song in summer (gasps) fucking 40 years in a row yeah (laughs) do it do it come back to new jersey do it in the parking lot they don't have a jersey day on this tour just do it but they did entertainment which is fun because i actually really like that song yeah then we get the normal stuff, and then we got our Magic 8-Ball, which we got not one, but two songs in two. New Jersey, because, you know, New Jersey's special, New Jersey's different. All the bands pull out all the stops for Jersey. She's not like so other good. girls. We're not like other girls. Um, live, live debut, debut. of Bob Dylan? Bob I was the Dylan. only person in our immediate area who knew this song. <laughs> I didn't even really like. I've heard it obviously, like, it, but so infrequently that I did not register it as a song that I knew. I was like, I genuinely like the first couple notes played, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I was going nuts, and like I look around at one point, and I'm like, "Nobody is going nuts." <laughs> I am by myself right now. <laughs> Oops. And then like your friend Tiff was like, "Oh, like one of my friends was like had seats in like a different area." It was like I was also the only person going nuts and I'm like, "I need to see you." Like, where were you? Um, I fucking love Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was on the um their second volume of Believers Never Die. And yeah. until so much for Stardust came out, it was their most recently released song. And I love it. It was a song that was I think initially supposed to be on what album was that supposed to go on? Save Rock and Roll or American Beauty, American Psycho? Like one of those. Yeah. And it didn't make it on. And Joe uh, like really championed it and said like, no, like I, I want this song to go somewhere. Cause like we have all these cool songs that just like go fucking nowhere. Like, like if we don't record them, then like they die. And like, I think that this one like deserves a place somewhere. Um, So it got put on the greatest hits album as a bonus track. I just think that putting... The only way out is through in a song and putting everyone loves Bob Dylan. I want you to love me like that. Mm-hmm. Would you bury me next to Johnny Cash? Do you love me like that? Like for a an artist who so much of their work has been about like the I want I want the fame and I want that level of love. But I also want you to love me for me. Will you still love me when the party ends versus I want you to love me like Bob Dylan, like someone like, who you'll never know, you know, like ugh. it's. It's such a good fucking song, and I am so glad that I got to hear it live. Second eight ball song was "I Am My Own Muse." Incredible song. That was fantastic. Live. Yeah, that was so much fun live. Yeah, Joe absolutely destroying the guitar on that. Oh yeah, we need the rumored actual for serious Fall Out Boy M- MCR link up because I want 
Ray Toro and Joe Truman to be on the same stage at the same time, play guitar at the same time. Honest to God, like we need it. And I know that they're friends. Like I know that they like each other. They work well together. Ray Toro has played guitar for Fallout Boy. Do something. Yeah. Be like, can we get it together? You both live in LA. Do something. Link up. Figure it out. Go to a museum together. Like let your kids hang out. So this show, devastating. Emotionally devastating. And it, and the punches didn't stop there because no. immediately the next day, yeah, which I'm never doing this again. <laughs> no, never down. again. No, I will. I will see two two shows in the same. Oh, in- you mean you'll never drive to fucking Camden again? <laughs> I'm never driving to Holmdel, which yeah. is in bumfuck Jersey anyway, to the other part of bumfuck Jersey. <laughs> no. Yeah. Do things oh, in Newark Im- or Sayreville, and that's all you get. Important to note that, so the last show of this tour was on my birthday. So yes. I had my birthday near the uh, Bon Jovi service station in between two Fall Out Boy shows, um, <laughs> which, which is beautiful. beautiful. It's the I'm most me thing that I can imagine, uh, and it's exactly what I wanted to be doing for my birthday. So I'm very, I had a great birthday this year Yeah, because I got to see two entire Fall Out Boy shows. And you didn't and have one to of pay was, for the one on your birthday. I didn't have to pay that for one of them because one. You, you got me a birthday gift. Yes, that was Thank your you. birthday present. Yep. <laughs> and it was a present to me that I got to spend your birthday with you at a Fall Out Boy show in New Jersey. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. It was perfect. It was a gift for both of us. Yeah. What did they play at the last show of this date? Because this one also had some... This was also really buck wild, where the before playlist they went on stage wasn't just the pink seashell. It was the middle. And then we didn't start the fire, the Fall yeah. Boy version. Which, yeah. Oh, they played that a couple times. They did the middle and then we did the They had the played fire. it like my a, bad, bad, a bad, few bad. times just like on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the first crazy one was hold on, Jetpack Blues. In the piano medley. And yep. then Dark Alley, Night 2. Again. Yeah. And then Golden. Yeah. What yeah. are we doing? Killing us. Killing us Killing dead. Us. That was another. That was like the other time that I was like, I need them to stop playing Fall Out Boy music. And like later on, I was like looking at Tumblr and saw someone being like, I've never been so relieved to hear a Journey song because like I think I was going to like actually like die in real life. They also earlier on at this show played um, Hum Hallelujah in between that, Heaven, that, Iowa and Head First Slide. That fucked me up because Hum Hallelujah is my other favorite Fall Out Boy song from Infinity on High. Yeah. And I didn't think I was going to get Back in the Doldrums at all. I didn't think no. I was going to get Hum Hallelujah again when they're actually happy to be playing it. Unlike them on the Mania Tour. Mm-hmm. Where they were definitely phoning it in for Hum Hallelujah. Yeah. And then. And then. I don't want to jump it's ahead. Like, and like not to not to do the, you know, like music is my religion, you know, but like everyone in a room singing hallelujah. Oh, yeah. You know? I think about it in the Leonard Cohen hallelujah way, in the very Jewish yes. way. <laughs> and I when I hear them sing hallelujah in that song, I'm very like, oh, this is like when I like church. This is church. Like this is during mass. This is how we would all and sing hallelujah. I love hallelujah. that we have two completely um, <laughs> different experiences with that. 
Yeah. It's like I, because we have a different, a billion fucking different variations on songs that have hallelujah in them in Catholicism. So like I had to learn so many different hallelujahs for choir, but like the way that they sing it in Hum Hallelujah was kind of like the most common one that we would do at Mass. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even consider myself someone who's like particularly traumatized by religion, but just like you don't go to Catholic school for a very long time without like hearing weird ideas and like learning weird values that you don't realize are weird until you talk to normal people. Yeah. And they're like, actually, it's like normal to avoid suffering and ask other people to help you with things that you hate doing. And I'm like, that seems weird. I think that if I hate doing something, it's bad if I ask someone else to help me do it, because then I'm inflicting suffering on someone else instead of only on me, which is the right thing to do. And they're like, that's nuts. Catholic. (laughs) Yeah, that's Catholic of you. And stop doing it. Um, so then hearing it in a song that is about something else, about, you know, like, fucking being, like, how most Fall Out Boy songs are about, like, being suicidal and not wanting to be suicidal anymore. Yeah. And kind of also definitely is referencing the Leonard Cohen song. Mm-hmm. Like, when it says, hum hallelujah, just off the key of reason, which is, you know, like, the the key of reason is what hallelujah is written in. Yeah. Like, that is a, that is, like, an actual, like, musical term is key Mm -hmm. of reason and then you know like you hear it in a room full of people who again have all had a similar experience yeah like not necessarily the catholic school experience but like the you know person who was a miserable teenager experience is now alive as an adult and yeah boy and you recreate like a church experience that like wasn't really bad but like wasn't really something i was ever excited to do Mm -hmm. and now it's in a situation where i am excited to be doing it it's like you know uh, a real inner child healed moment. Yeah. And then we get Enter Sandman again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Kick ass. normal set list stuff. Then it's time for the Magic 8 Ball. And then they three do Three Magic 8 Ball songs. Not one, not two, but three. Because Jersey is special and different. And no, it's not just because it was the two last dates of the tour. It was totally because they were in Jersey. Yes. They did something even wilder than pulling out dark alley oh even wilder God. than pulling out bob dylan they broke out fucking pavlov and we got to see it and you wish you were us <laughs> the way that it didn't even occur to me that it might be pavlov like when people no, are saying like, it, like it should we play the holy cool... grail i was like they're gonna play what fucking like hand of god like right. one of those like unreleased songs that have like made it out onto the internet and that like barely like are barely finished songs like is it gonna be that like Pavlov never entered my mind no. as something that they might one day play and live. And it took so long for it to register in my head that like because that's what we were hearing because it was just so unbelievable. And it was wild to see people afterward who like especially from younger fans whose um most of their access to music is digital and streaming mm-hmm. who like if you're not deep in the trenches and like collecting physical media and like talking to people who collect physical media, you haven't heard of this song no. because it's not online anywhere. No. Um, I mean like it's on like people have uploaded it to YouTube and shit, but like if you don't know to look for it, you're not going to find it. No. It's not on Spotify. It's not on Apple music. Um, you can't buy it on iTunes. It exists on special editions of Folia Du, And that is it. Yep. It is up there with Bob Dylan for me, kind of like similar themes of like, mm-hmm. and and same with like, uh, from now on we are enemies. Like the, I only want what I can't have. I'm the invisible man who can't stop staring at the mirror. Would you bury me next to Johnny Cash? Like these, I need something that I'm never going to get because I want something that's impossible. Yep. And 
the thing that I want is paradoxical. I want to be loved like a real person. And I also want to be loved as something that is larger than life. Mm -hmm. I want all of it. And I can't have most of it. Yep. Incredible song to hear live, uh, to watch like Pete dance around the stage, like pointing at himself during I'm the invisible man. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's incredible because it's like, you know, that writing that, that lyric is like, you're not happy saying I'm the invisible man who can't stop staring at the mirror. I have no. lost access to myself. I cannot see myself anymore. Yeah, um, and then to sing that, retalking. sing that while smiling and like, that's grinning crazy. that enormous fucking Pete Wentz grin that does like psychic damage, infinite psychic damage to me. I can't even give it like a 1d8 number. Like I can't do that. <laughs> it's like 10 d20. And he's Can you rolling tell all that Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah, she's been stuck in Baldur's Gate for like two weeks, 115 I hours. I have not heard from you properly in like a week and a half because it's you've been so playing Baldur's funny Gate with all your free it's, time. It's so funny. Like my friends will like text me and like eight hours later I emerge and I can't see anything because I've been sitting two feet from my TV because I don't have good eyes and I'm making them worse. And, and they're this like, game is fully built for a PC and they did not yeah. scale it for console well at all. <laughs> No, and I'm just like, hi, what's up? Like, yeah, great, great meme that you shared. Can I talk about dice rolls? No, <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. Anyway, this song did Pete Wentz grin. Damage. Damage to me and my psyche. And my brain. My heart. My soul. Everything. And then we got 27. <sighs> so not fucking good. Not a live debut. So not a live good. debut, but like a, a great song. A song that it I had not slapped. heard live yet. And then, and then, as and then. I have seen all my friends get gays not a synonym for shitty, but me. Yeah. I was there, la we were just there last night. They didn't do it. I got yeah. banged the doldrums and I was like, I can be happy with that. Because I got yeah. banged the doldrums. And then that magic fucking eight ball rolled and we got JNASF. Yeah. And I don't have to kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have to kill anyone dead. <laughs> exactly. Because I got to hear it. It's like, again, the, you know, all of us singing, you saved my life at each other. Like the weight of all of that just kind of comes crashing down. And it's like incredible. And for the last night of the tour. Yeah. Great. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's something really, really special to see that song live and to be... With people who you know have have been there, mm -hmm. and I really liked that after our, the show, the people behind us, the people behind us were like, "You guys were so fun! Like we love that we were here. Like <laughs> these were strangers. <laughs> they were just like you get like you guys were like getting excited at all the right times. Like you guys were so fun to like be at a show with. And I was like, we that got was a good so funny because at being at a concert, which I, is a totally normal thing to desire." <laughs> Had been so certain that whole time. I was like, these people behind me are going to hate me at the end of the night. Like, because I'm in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, not that I'm ever, like, getting so lost in it that I'm stopping caring about being disrespectful to people around me. But it's like, yeah. I I know that I'm being a lot. So it was nice to hear them be like, we liked that. We liked that you guys were being a lot. And I was like, thanks. thanks. <laughs> Thank we're really you. fun. <laughs> uh -huh. And we also got the same grade at... at my chemical romance so like we did i forgot about that <laughs> both nights yeah so besides like getting all into the set list and everything um yeah the tour also featured a bunch of special guests at different shows like william beckett joined 
them on stage for a sophomore slump or comeback of the year, obviously because he features on that song. And I wish I'd gotten that song because that's again yeah. my all-time favorite Fall Out Boy song, but it would not have hit as well if William was not there. Then yeah. Travi came out in New York at the <sighs> Queens show for Cupid's Chokehold and to announce the return of Gym Class Heroes. We as a people and as a society and as humanity are fucking saved because Gym Class Heroes is coming back. It was unprecedented levels of being back. Like, so, so fucking, fucking back. back. And the fact that now the Academy is is definitely also coming back. Like, we are seeing the return of Trek It in 2024. The Troika of, like, all time, which is, <laughs> <laughs> like, William Beckett, Travi McCoy, and Gabe Saporta. Pete's little squad of boy toys. <laughs> right. Gabe should have been like this is not just us saying like he should have been there as a good this is a desire that we want like because we hypothesized that Gabe was going to come out for Homedale yeah and then we see on because he's always on fucking Instagram stories he's oh yeah. bitches be posting yeah he was just silent enough that day that we're like oh he's on his way to New Jersey there's no fucking way that he's not on his way to New Jersey and yeah. he was supposed to be except American Airlines canceled and delayed his flight like five times american airlines is my fucking enemy and he made a post like the next morning being like i am so sorry i tried so hard to be there so that was heartbreaking and then there's a small part of me was like don't get your hopes up but he might have rebooked for philly he might have rebooked to get to camden he did not do that yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i don't blame him because like I will not deal with an airline any more than I absolutely have to. And at no. a, a certain point, it's like, no one's dying. American. I'm not doing it. That said, somebody should have fucking moved heaven and earth to get him there. Like, it, I, full on Miranda Priestly calling, with, like, what? It's just drizzling outside. And it's fully a hurricane in Miami. Yeah. Like, we needed to have a uh, fucking Anne Hathaway on the case calling yeah. the, like, do we have people in the military? To get, like, get Miranda Priestly back to New York. Get on the plane. Gabe to the Philadelphia airport. And also, get that's, my not, man on the that's also airplane. not a cheap airport to fly into. Philly no. is always more expensive than Newark to fly yeah. into. He was really paying the extra money to be as close to Holmdale and Camden as possible. Exactly. And I was, I was so mad. I was so, so fucking mad. I was so It angry. was like... And like, then they mention it too. They're like, uh, full disclosure, like we were supposed to have a friend up here with us tonight. And Pete's like, and it wasn't Taylor Swift and it wasn't Lars Ulrich. And I'm like, I know, bitch. I know like, who it was supposed to be. I know who's from here. I follow Gabe on Instagram. I know it was him. And I know that bitch is from Springfield. <laughs> like, like, I know. He Maybe went he'll to, come to the Madison Square Garden one. With who knows? my history professor in college. <laughs> <laughs> that man knows everyone. That man knows everyone. Yeah, so we were supposed to we were supposed to get to see Gabe. I haven't seen Gabe since I was a wee young lady following Cobra Starship around on tour. Yeah, I um, have not seen him. And I miss him. Since does And I want to see him again. And like, well, no, I we say that. Him, no. I, we saw him in Midtown. Mid-town. 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 What the fuck are we doing? I'm like, yeah. Now I'm like, we've gotten so used to just seeing our friend Gabe from Midtown. Yeah. Versus like, our friend Gabe from Gabe. Cobra Starship. <laughs> like 30 years ago? No, bitch. A couple months ago. Yeah. Like, we saw still, him on the see, beach. I want to see him again. I'm greedy, and I want to see him, him again. That's my friend Gabe. It's my friend Gabriel. Get him out here. Yeah, a couple other things 
that happened on this tour, we got the Stardust Project, which is a project organized by fans. Like, you've probably seen something like this at shows in the past, mm-hmm. where people will hold up, like, something in front of their phone light. Like, I've seen it at uh, Boy Genius shows, where they would pass out, like, little pieces of paper to the different rows of the show so that their phones would light up as a rainbow. Oh, uh, insanely difficult to organize. Uh, yeah. So beautiful. But they've been doing it at Fall Out Boy shows with little pink seashells to... Mm-hmm. Um, like, kind of represent, like, how much we love the band, I guess. Yep, I got a similar thing at the Mania Tour, except it was purple instead of pink. Yeah, um, super sweet. And I think it's worth noting that, like, the first show at Wrigley Field, their stage lighting for Fake Out was not pink. And eventually mm-hmm. they did switch it to pink stage lighting. Which is so cute. To match the whole audience lighting up pink. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute because it's like they for sure saw like one of those seashells that's like hold this up to like symbolize like to show your love for them. Mm-hmm. And then they shine a pink light back at us. It's like, oh, like you love us back. Yeah. It's very we sweet. We love you back. Literally, we love you back. Um, We did also get so fucking flavor blasted by this tour that the day after the last date on August 7th, we were just like, we're going to the fucking tattoo shop. Uh, <laughs> Which is not the first time we've done this and gone to no. this tattoo shop. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Like the last time I was there, they were like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I'm seeing my chemical romance. And then like the, this time I was there, they're like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, soft all out boy yesterday, yep. getting a tattoo about it. Yeah. <laughs> And you got a pink seashell with I the did. Japanese pottery thing. The kintsugi. Yeah. Yeah. So that's on my that's on my forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the same spot as my Land of the Lustrous tattoo on my other arm. Because yeah. I thought that was kind of thematically appropriate. And then I was just, you know, so verklempt. And, you know, because I got to see Bang the Doldrums that I just got the word doldrums really big on my thigh in like yeah. black letter font. And it looks so cool. Thank you. It looks really this good. It's really cool. Thank you. And it it's fits the, both with our both like our themes going on. Yeah, this is the tattoo stuff. I've actually gotten the most compliments on from like moms. When you get like, a mom tat, the compliment on your tattoo, you know you won. Right. It's wild. Like usually, like people kind of around my age or younger will be like, "Oh, like I like that you like the gem tattoo that you have on this arm," or like. They can see my Sailor Moon tattoo if I'm, like, wearing shorts or, like, oh, I really like that. This seashell, women 40 and up are obsessed. Because you know they, they love theme. it. You know they have a beach game bathroom. I you know, know it. They, you know I they do. I know it. They got <laughs> seashells on, like, their fucking guest bathroom counter. The soap dish is a scallop shell. Yeah. Like, you know, I like, know it. And they're always, like, that is so and it's nice. it's always teal like, bath that towels. really good. Yeah, and they they all love it. And I'm like, thank you so much. This yeah. is a Fall Out Boy tattoo. And I love that. Yeah. Because we always go crazy stupid. And um, will we get another Fall Out Boy tattoo after yeah. Tor does part yeah. two after Boogaloo? Of course. Probably. Of course I will. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Might get one before that, honestly. Yeah, so you don't have to fly with a completely fresh tattoo. Yeah. Again, because you keep doing that. Yeah. The flying with the, the tattoo that I got on my ankle post my chem was actually like, the flight was not bad. The um, moment where I forgot <laughs> that I had a tattoo on my ankle and then sat down cross-legged on your carpet and thought I was actually going to die yeah, was like, like that hurt more than the tattoo. <laughs> like <laughs> touching it slightly to the rug and just being like, I have to go to the hospital. Like <laughs> my skin's gone. <laughs> Bye. It's not mm-hmm. lost on me that I have a sweet little dude's tattoo mm-hmm. and a doldrums tattoo. Yeah, dude. 
You are like the peak key truther. Like I, sorry, we, we don't. I know we take a neutral stance in RPF on this podcast. Um, I'm a peak key truther. I'm coming out and saying that. And <laughs> if you think you're a truther more than I am, that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Like, look at the material. One. It's all do here. You, do you have some of like tattoos? No. We do that. Not everybody can say that. <laughs> not everybody can say that. We're just, I'm just built different. <laughs> Which is that I'm nuts. <laughs> it is. This past couple weeks, they announced Tour Dust 2. Mm-hmm. So it's called So Much for Tour Dust again, but this time instead of tour, it's like two or dust. Yeah, two or dust. Yeah, they are bringing the Decay Dance crew back on the road with them. They got a uh, car, Daisy Grenade, games we play. Um, I don't know if Royal and the Serpent is coming out for this one. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're busy doing something else. But they're also bringing Jimmy Eat World and Jimmy Hot Mulligan. World. So that's what we're going to see at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they had sent out like some postcards to people like kind of leading up to the mm-hmm. announcement of this tour. And one of the postcards said, like, if you cut me, do I bleed American? And I saw that was kind of like, if they bring fucking Jimmy Eat World on tour with them, like, it's, it's over. over. Um, and they also, and they were like playing the middle before. Yeah, like every so time. So it was, a, it was a, a hint of who yeah. was going to be there. And they had also had, um, I remember listening to that playlist and thinking like, some of this was foreshadowing because they played Cupid's Show Colds before the Toronto show. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a few days later, Travis came out. They also played um, I'm Not Okay, I Promise, and Lying is the Most Fun a Girl Can Have Without Taking Her Clothes Off. So, so what does it all some mean? Of it, is some of it foreshadowing, and is some of it just fun haha jokes? Maybe. Say? Who, can, who can say? We'll never know until Only we Pete. do know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also super hyped to see Hot Mulligan opening for I Fall Out Boy. I am so excited to see Hot Mulligan in a big-ass crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a bummer that the it, the floor is seated at Madison Square Garden. Be- and when I saw them at Adjacent, it was also seated. And I yeah. would prefer Hot Mulligan to have a show where I can see a circle pit break out. But yeah, like I just that's a show that I would want to be in the pit for. Oh, yeah. That seems like a fun pit show. I think I have tickets to see Hot Mulligan. I don't think I, mean, I you bought certainly them. do now. I do now. now, Because we're seeing them in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. They're playing in Toronto here, like, in a month or two. But, like, tickets were, like, $70. Which, like, I know we just talked about spending, like, how much money we spent on concert tickets. But, like, $70 plus get to Toronto and then stay in Toronto. No. For a small venue. Like, it's different when I know how big the venue is. Like, if you're getting floor tickets at a place that is an arena or a stadium that also has more seats than there is floor, I understand. If yeah. it's a standing room only show, your ticket should be maximum 50 bucks at this point. Yeah. I'm adjusting for inflation. Um, though I do remember seeing Fall Out Boy in 2007 in a hockey stadium. Um, and that ticket, $40 flat. Yeah. And that was with Gym Class Heroes, Plain White Tees, and Cute Is What We Aim For. Insanity. $40. And I remember at the time thinking, like, who the fuck do they think they are? Yeah. And now like, obviously, I'm, like, I'm still going to buy it. But, like, can you fucking be serious for a and second? And now we like, looked at the ticket prices again. We're like, could we swing VIP? And then we're I like, know. no, we're not. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, remember when it was only 40? That was so nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So we'll do it all again in March. We'll do it all again. See you in March. Yeah. See you at Madison yeah. Square Garden. If you Can't see wait. us there, say hi. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm really excited for that. That's gonna yeah. be really good. I'm um, so excited. And I'm hoping that they bring out some more songs that they didn't play from Stardust. Yeah. If I and hear Kintsugi Kid live. That would be really nice. It's fucking over for everybody. That'd be nice. And whatever yeah. other horrors they will torture us with. Yeah. In the back catalog. <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of my favorite thing. It's like, I'll pay money to go see a band, and then I'm like, they better not play any of their fucking songs. <laughs> they better not hear any Fall Boy songs of the Fall Boy show. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that does about does it for us this week. Yeah, it was just nice to chat, catch up a little bit. I, I like to do our episodes where we do our like our structured history stuff and then just like shoot the shit for another yeah. episode. It, it helps break up some of the stuff. But we will be back with the rest of Panic! at the Disco in two weeks from today yeah so that'll be great and we're excited to get to pretty odd and all that and we've just had fun hanging out yeah hanging out with you guys um if you again if you like what we do here please rate us on your pod uh catcher of choice please give us a follow on there on your podcatcher of choice helps us boost stuff and like honestly you can throw us a couple stars write a review like putting a couple stars in takes you literally seconds to do so if you like what we do here please give us a five star rating if you have don't like our opinions but still like us and just want to give us a four instead (laughs) sure i'll take that too don't worry and uh, if you give write us a comment we'll kiss you forever and follow us over on twitter non-stop just won't even open mouth um <laughs> so much tongue uh, <laughs> and you can follow and us that is a promise that is a promise and so you can follow us over on twitter and instagram at so emo pod on both of those things and our podcast was kindly powered by moonshot pods and after we sign off you will hear a message from one of our friends over at moonshot and also there's gonna be a moonshot direct soon also, where a bunch of people from the network are going to be hanging out, or they're going to be talking about news and stuff coming out about stuff that's going on the network. Let me see real quick when that actually yeah, is. Some Hold very on. cool stuff getting organized right now. Yeah. And you can see the absolutely incredible trailer I <laughs> made advertising our podcast. <laughs> it is maybe my finest work I've ever done. It's pretty good. Oh, that reminds me. We didn't do a Mikey Way hate moment this week. We didn't do a Mikey... Was it shocking because, you know, bang the door drums on um, Hallelujah. And I I have one that I actually thought of this week because I... um, Tragedy struck me this week. I broke my glasses. The arm snapped clean off on uh, the right side of my glasses. Mm -hmm. Um, I have since super glued it back on, but the arms both also bent... Um, both of them at exactly the same angle. So it's not like they're uneven on my face. Um, but they bent in such a way that I do now have to wear them basically at the very tip of my fucking nose because that is where they sit naturally now. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're fully Mikey way. So I'm doing, I'm wearing my glasses how Mikey wore his, except I'm not tucking my hair inside the arms. I should do that. <laughs> um, I was going to say because you're normal. Yeah, but I like wearing them like this all day at work yesterday and just thinking like how fucking uncomfortable it was just like the level of pretension that you would have to have to want to do this on purpose and and then the level of dedication to that pretension to looking like a shitty mean emo librarian and he did it who also has captured the heart of every man woman and child in the tri-state area exactly i just like i 
I don't know. It's kind of like I hate him for doing it. And I also resent him for being stronger than me. Exactly. And being no. able to dedicate himself to wearing his glasses like this. It's it's very a very nuanced issue. Yeah, because I tell you, I wore them like this for eight hours and immediately was like, I'm buying new fucking, like, I can't live like this. <laughs> I can't do this. And that ends up making a hit moment for the week. Yeah. And so the Moonshot Direct, that is actually happening when this episode goes live tomorrow um, mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in America. No, yeah, 9 p.m. and then 6 p.m. Pacific is when Moonshot Direct will be happening. It will be probably show it's going to be oh the website there's a website (gasps) tune into moonshot.mov at those times to check out what the network has to offer and see the incredible trailer that i made for us yeah so one of the things that we have to offer is us yes so tune in show up tune in show up thank you so much yeah and we'll see you for panic of the disco in two weeks time yes bye guys love you bye Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. As so, you can see, I had to use my uh, judo on Gerard. Yeah, I see that Gerard's actually gone to pieces here during this interview. Sometimes it happens. I just well, got so emo, I fell apart. That's what actually happened. You got that sad? That's There are no more kings in the summering lands. Only the place, only its people, only its magic remain. As if such things were so small. This is the Silver Age. An age of lords and companies, of warless, wandering swordsmen, of young ruins and heroes history will soon forget. Join us for Argent, an actual play podcast by Sasha Renault and Evan Swamy, featuring two GMs, a custom game system, and original music. This show is brought to you by the Moonshot Podcast Network. Listen every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at ArgentPod.